podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Scene, who we've partnered with to deliver all of our England daily podcasts and videos for the rest of the 2023 World Cup. Starting next week on Wisdom.com, Scene will be powering our new interactive videos, allowing you to easily skip to certain segments and find relevant articles, offers and opportunities by simply clicking directly within the video. Hello and welcome to the Wisdom World Cup daily podcast. It's five defeats from six for England at the 2023 World Cup. Nearly a month into the competition, they remain rooted to the bottom of the table. India, on the other hand, continue their march towards the semi-final. Their 100% record is still intact. They won by 100 runs, bowling England out for just 129. I'm Yaz Rana and with me today is Joe Harmon and Mark Butcher. This feels familiar. Another Sunday afternoon mulling over an England defeat. Um, I think for our sakes, as much as anything, let's start with India. It felt different, Joe, to other England defeats in that they actually did pretty well for, in the first half. And in the second half, India were totally brilliant as, as, as much as England were not brilliant. Uh, India were magnificent in the field. Uh, slightly loose start. Siraj wasn't quite um, on the money first up. They made that bowling change. And then the combination of Bumrah and Shami were just electric with the crowd going absolutely wild. Uh, you could hardly hear the commentators at times today. The crowd was so loud. Uh, and they were just brilliant and England had no answer to them. It was almost a bit embarrassing at times, the, the gulf in class between uh, an India side that were completely on song and an England side that looked completely shot for confidence. And it was a shame because, yeah, as you say, for half the game, England were good in the field. They bowled tidily with admittedly some assistance. Uh, they fielded really well. The ground fielding was excellent, a significant improvement on what we've seen in the World Cup so far. Still at the halfway mark, though, you're thinking, that's a lot of runs for this side to chase. And it was only 2.30. And you know, that, that, that sh it shouldn't feel like that, but it but it did. And then sure enough, little opening partnership of 30 and then three, I think it's three wickets for three runs. And suddenly, you know, you know, it's gone by that point. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's fair enough today. To, we we focus quite a lot on England's struggles, as you'd expect. But India were magnificent, and and I still can't see how anyone's going to stop them winning this World mm. Cup. You're right to uh, point out the how how loud it was during that spell. That was one of my favourite passages of play in the tournament so far. But John Bumrah, what makes him so good? Does he remind you of anyone? He just looks so clearly the standout bowler in the competition it, he doesn't remind me of anybody actually i mean that's that's one of the that's one of his great strengths is that there is nobody i, I can think of in the history of the, i've seen a few blokes run up like him driving past club grounds on the, on the weekend <laughs> um but it, there's no one like him um it's it, the control that he has over length and the pace with which he hits it with the pace with which he hits a length where you're not quite sure whether you ought to be forward or back um, the use of his height. He's not a big bloke, actually. I was surprised. I remember um, I was doing surprised that, when doing I met him as well. He's, he's a slight guy, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, and the, 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 the replayed uh, or the sort of the rescheduled end of that um, of that England India Test Series when yes. he captained the, the team at Edgebaston. Um, and I was surprised he wasn't much, not much taller than me. And I'm a, I'm a towering five foot ten and a half. <laughs> um, but he, he, you know, at the crease, very short delivery stride, gets very, very high, unbelievably strong wrist that always stays behind the ball. Real flick of that wrist that puts energy on it. 
Um, and he is just, you know, he must be really dis disconcerting to face because th there is nothing in his approach to the crease or anything that, that tells you that the thunderbolts are coming and that it is going to be to hit the bat as hard as it does um, to trap you in the crease as, as in the way that he he is able to do. And of course, he's also able to move move the ball as well. Um, mm. So all in all, an absolute nightmare. I mean, the, the only thing I can think of is kind of like, in, not in terms of the way that he, he bowled, obviously, again, he's completely original um, action-wise. But just in terms of that style of bowling where he just pins you to the crease and can do you for pace, has a really good bumper, great Yorker. Somebody like Curtley is one of the one of the great sort of West Indian, uh, you know, albeit height-wise not the same either. But in terms of the, the mode, the method of pinning you, um, you know, half and half, can't get forward, can't get back, a little bit of movement both ways, it's, it, that's kind of what it what it looks like to me and that just the the sheer violence with which the ball hits the stickers of the bat from a from a good length um he's he's outrageously good perhaps the reason why i thought he might be the leading wicket taker in the tournament although he's not he's not, he's there. not there he's not even close but he, you he know, might be by the they, end they, they'll, they'll play more games than most people i think but he's think got <laughs> we've already decided but it's the fact he i mean he, he always hoovers up wickets but he also just He's got an economy rate of under four for the tournament and he's bowling in yeah. the power playing at the death. It's just ridiculous. They're, they're yeah. numbers I that mean, we that's, just that's haven't Ambrose -esque, seen. Ambrose-esque, isn't it? It's yeah. that type of thing. It's a very, very old school economy rate for a, for a, for a new ball bowler mm. who also happens to be pretty sparkling at mm. the end of the innings as well. And meanwhile, Shami, nine wickets, an average of eight in this tournament so <laughs> yes. far and couldn't get in the team before. Only just, only just popped in for a couple of games. Yeah, wow. I mean, his, his overall World Cup record is just absurd. 40 wickets at 14 across three separate tournaments. And he, yeah, as you say, couldn't get in the team at the start of it. Obviously, we've been talking about how good India have been for a while. But I thought this game was a really good illustration is that they just have so many potential match winners. I mean, with the ball, it's not just Bumrah and Shami. Kuldeep's ball to Butler was sensational. I think it's seven degrees of turn. There are just no gaps in this side. They're going to take some beating. Yeah, and actually, I didn't think they batted particularly well today. They beat in England by 100 runs and and I think left a lot out there with the bat. I think they played shots that they probably wouldn't have played if there was more riding on the game. Uh, I think there was a uh, an intent to really stamp on England and that probably le led to a couple of loose shots I'm thinking Coley doesn't play that shot on on zero normally. I don't think he plays that in a in a high pressure game. Obviously, it's a World Cup game and it's it's in front of your home fans, but they could lose and it wouldn't have mattered that much today, really. Uh, Raúl as well. Him and Sharma looked like they were really motoring, and then he played a loose shot. So it could have actually been worse for England today. That's 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 the scary thing. There is there is a, a chink of light there though for for you know. It, Potent India's potential um, opponents come the come the knockout stages. Um, you know, should they, sh depending on what they want, if Hardik comes back in, then it kind of solves one or two issues for them. But the the length of the tail, obviously, they had Bumrah coming in at eight. Um, Shreyas, he was nine. Shami eight. Shami eight. Yeah, yeah Shami yeah, or, but whatever. More, more, yeah, yeah. So that they do have they do have a long tail. So if you can stick them in and, and put them under pressure, knock over early wickets. Shreyas Iyer looks a little bit all at sea up at number four at the minute. Um, and so, you know, th th there is a there is a way through them if you if you get them doing what they would least prefer to do. Although I think Rohit said that he would have batted today anyway, given mm. that it was a, a used pitch, um, and you know, and given how poorly in England have, have chased runs in in the tournament, but but we decided we we fancied <laughs> chasing against the best bowling attack in the in the. Uh, in the whole thing um and so there there are there are one or two sort of areas where you could say okay well there's there's potential for 
you know, you take early wickets, you, you, you put them under pressure, you get that, you get the sort of, um, uh, you know, the likes of Judasia in with, with plenty of overs to go and you do stand the chance of keeping them to something that you could reasonably expect to chase with a batting lineup that's in some modicum of form as opposed mm. to the, uh, the bin fire that is our batting at the moment. Rohit was just majestic again. He's in such good form. I think that there was a feeling that coming into this tournament, he probably wasn't quite the player that he was in 2019. Um, but he certainly looks at uh, the last few matches. Stunning. The, it was tricky against the new ball and he got a bit stuck on the crease in David Willey's first over, which I think was a maiden, played and missed it a couple. Next over just strolls down the wicket and hits him back over his head, then pulls him for six. And he just he just finds a way and he made, I mean, he said in the, post-match interview there that it was quite tricky against the new ball it didn't look particularly tricky <laughs> from, from the way that you he, know, was he might it. be he might be the best um the best bad wicket player in the world right now I mean he uh, you think back to um again go back to England's test series in in India um what was that 22 during COVID anyway um, on pitches where when none of the let's forget England's batting, but none of the rest of his vaunted batting lineup could score a run. He was knocking off hundreds for fun. Um, you know, he, when the ball's out here at the Oval during the during the series back in twenty twenty whatever it was again, then that just before the COVID um, uh, back what was that twenty twenty was it when he 20, made the hundred here in hundred yeah. here in the dark? Uh, you know, he's he is a fabulous fabulous player when the conditions appear to be um, in the. Uh, in the opposition's favour, and and not in the way that you would, you know, you'd, you'd think back to sort of, you know, David Steele type sort of blocking the crap out of it. He's still able to hit the ball mm. out of the park, play majestic strokes, but seems to have is organised enough and has enough um, sort of mental capacity to kind of ride out movement and sort of forget the last ball and play the next one, which is you know something that our guys will kill for right now. What was the hundred he got? Another test knock when England last toured there. He got a, a century on the first day. I can't remember the venue now. Was it Chennai? I think it was Chennai, yeah, and then yeah. Yeah, and then afterwards it looked impossible to bat on that yeah, surface. Yeah, I mean he's he got 160, I think. It was yeah, I mean he yeah. he might well. I mean, it's it's a big statement because I'm I'm not thinking of a, of a massive sample size here at the moment. But every time I can remember the conditions being very much in the bowler's favour, if there was mm. one guy that stood out and made runs, it was him. Mm. And he's quite good on good pitches. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. I like um, that with with being all right on good ones too. Back to the Bumrah Shami spell. Uh, the most memorable wicket is probably. That of Stokes, he fell for a ten ball duck. Um, wasn't wasn't the prettiest shot in the world. Uh, Jamie asks, why do I keep getting told by Morgan and ex players that we haven't gone hard enough and not attacked enough? It's the exact opposite from what I've watched. Genuinely perplexed by the comments. Can't play conditions, absorb pressure. It's just slog and out. I thought it was quite interesting on commentary because Morgan was saying, he was on commentary when Stokes was out. He said that the ball's doing loads. It's really wet on the outfield. So if you can score a couple of boundaries, that should blunt the India threat in theory. So that the theory was there, but it was just such a wild shot. It was a shot to a different ball. <laughs> he premeditated. Uh, I think he assumed that Shami would hit the sort of hard length. Outside off. Outside off stump. Yeah. But that that wasn't even close to the ball that was it actually old. The whole thing, the whole that whole passage was 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 pretty pretty tough to watch, wasn't it? I mean, again, you go, you go back to to the thinking of if you're thinking that there's going to be due and that the pitch is going to get easier to score on later, then you suck it up early and then and and, and make your runs later on. You're presuming, given the decision at the toss, that the conditions are going to be not great. Either way, but they might get better if the Jew comes in and, and, and makes a makes a difference. But then 
in the in the first 10 overs of the game, guys are having a massive swipe. You know, there's, there's no playing for tomorrow. There's mm. no playing for sort of that point come 18, 20 overs where, where things presumably, or well, what you've calculated is going to happen is that they're going to get easier. Um, you know, just just a, a batting liner that's shot to bits. Joe Root was, it was so far across his stump. I don't think he had any idea how far across his stumps he was when he was out at LBW, because otherwise he wouldn't have reviewed it. I mean, uh, just, you know, the, the, the bags are packed and they're on their way back in their heads. But, you know, what was the guy's name who sent the Jamie. Sent, Jamie, Jamie. Have a listen. To the to the previous one from England's last game, and 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 there's I have a rant for about a good three or four minutes about the difference between playing the difference between playing twenty twenty cricket where where the single is something that is given to you, and where in fifty over the single has to be has to be earned or or made by the batters because of mm. the difference in the way that fields attack and defend depending on the length of the game, and and again that was pretty much exactly the same thing. You've got a bit of pressure on at the beginning. And and England, whilst it whilst it's going fine and they're smashing and they're hitting boundaries, all good, great. But then it comes to a complete standstill. Dots everywhere. Cannot get off strike. Can't knock the ball through the field. The infield gets in tighter and tighter. That that's the difference between playing very very short form cricket and fifty over cricket, where the where the single is actually a very important thing to be able to do, mm. and the opposition is not willing to give one to you as it does in the short form game. I think mm. Stokes's dismissal obviously looks really ugly but I, I don't think it can be taken in isolation for that delivery I take Jamie's point but I think he did try and um, kind of absorb some pressure it was a, te- it was a 10 ball duck 10 which is, balls it's not a it's huge, only 10 balls I know it's not a huge <laughs> amount of balls but he had tried and he was just playing and missing it looked to me like he was like well I'm going to have to play a shot because I can't do I'm, I'm going to get out otherwise didn't he I, I seem to remember him being being none off 60 or something in the great Headingley knock of 2019, you know. Run rate might have creeped up by that point. <laughs> but, 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 but it still wouldn't have crept up to a, to a point where, you, you know, and, and you're not and you're not going to have to defend for that length of time in a 50-over game. Something will give at that point. The bowlers have to come off. They, they've only got a limited amount of overs to mm. bowl. Look, I'm not, I'm not having, a, having a go at Ben. I mean, he's, he's, it's symptomatic of, of England's sort of lack, of lack of being able to think their way through the, the periods where things are not in their favour. You know, it's it, it, it the sun is not always shining. In fact, it hasn't done at all when England are batted, you know, or at least mm. they've made it look like it. It isn't always easy that you can just put your foot down and smash the crap out of it. On Root, Crickley has posted a truly extraordinary stat about Root. So in 18 innings since the 2019 World Cup, Root averages 4.5 in the batting power play. So 18 innings, 50 runs off 132 deliveries, 11 dismissals in that time. That is crazy for a player as, as good as Root, who's been going okay against the Red Bull in that time as well. Um, Joe, what do you make of that? That's just so weird yeah, for I mean, England Premier player to be that um, short of runs against the new ball. It is a shock. I mean, there's been a lot of puzzles about England's World Cup campaign, but I think that the, the two that have puzzled me most are the fact that Chris Woke suddenly couldn't bowl where he wanted to, which thankfully he was he was back on the money today, bowled really nicely, and and Joe Root and I I thought I didn't think that Wokes would necessarily take stacks of wickets in India and he, and he might well leak a few, but I thought he'd at least be able to you know put the ball where he wants it to because that's he's made a career out of doing that. And similarly, Root in in India has got a really good fifty over record. He's got a brilliant fifty over record overall, uh, and that shot you just don't see Joe Root do that really kind of falling over, missing it by a, a margin and, and like Butch says, seemingly having no idea where his stumps were by the 
at the point of impact. Mm. Besto should have really just sent him off at that stage, but I mm. think you know it's Joe Root, and he, he he wanted to give him every chance, but there was no there was no chance. And he ran him out in the game before. So <laughs> <he's> <laughs> very important context. Yeah, I'd forget. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's it for part one. In part two, we'll answer some of your questions. Sam asks, I know Milan has had a decent World Cup and was unstoppable in that New Zealand series. But in hindsight, should England have tried to bring in someone like Salt or Will Jacks a year in advance to keep the same balance as the side previously had? Butch, we've talked about this before in that England were hamstrung by the schedule. It was quite hard. There wasn't that many, um, there wasn't that long a time to bed new players in and Milan did so well. It was understandable why why he got in. There wasn't really that much time for someone like Will Jacks um, to really put forward an unanswerable case. He played that Bangladesh series in the middle order. That's it, I think. Um, but Jacks is quite an interesting one because we we were talking about central contracts the other day. Twenty nine players have got contracts. Will Jacks is someone who's uh, played all three formats for England in the last year. He gets deals all around the world. Yet he's not one of the twenty nine players, which seems perplexing. That, that blew my mind, actually, because I completely overlooked it on that list because I just assumed that he, it, it, given the the reasoning behind giving multi, multi-year multi contracts, being that you're trying to, you know, to, to offer players some security and, and give them the opportunity not to go off and play in other, um, in other tournaments and turn their back on England, that he would be the guy that would get one. So I, we had this conversation after recording the... The uh, the last uh, the last pod after England's uh, debacle against Sri Lanka, um, uh, yeah, I'm I'm very surprised about that. I mean, I don't think you know. Again, England had no had no idea really as to who the the people pushing or who the people might have been to have pushed themselves into this 50 over World Cup in the lead up to it because they didn't hadn't played any damn cricket, mm. you know, whether and not just domestically, we just hadn't played in the ODIs really. Uh, and the ones that were played were so low key and so kind of, um, you know, so so lacking in any sort of intensity that no, that nothing was really taken from them. Um, but I mean, it's it's a it's a decent argument. It's a massive massively in hindsight one. I think Milan's probably the only guy who's looked looked half decent in the entire batting line. Lovely so, sixteen today before, <laughs> before it all went wrong. I mean, he made a hundred, and he's you know, there's there's guys yeah. that kill for the kill for the run aggregate that he's got in the in the tournament so far. Yeah. I guess, but yeah, I mean, look, look, but that's that's a conversation. That's a wider conversation. That's that's less less about sort of a replacement for for one or one player or another. It's a little bit more like it's a little bit more about um, you know the pool that was the available to be picked from was 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 made very very small by the fact that they hadn't played any damn meaningful cricket, fifty over mm. cricket, um, and so so somebody like Will Jacks missed out. And and the thing is, at the top of the order, England weren't weren't massively sort of struggling for for options anyway. It's kind of that's that's never been that's not been the well, issue. There was controversy <laughs> around Jason Roy not getting picked. So yeah. the idea that England should have thought not Jason Roy, not Milan, and it should have been Jacks. That would have seemed pretty wild thinking at, at the time. Mm, that would yeah. have been one hell of a punt. And you know, it might have come yeah. off, but there'd have been understandable criticism of that. Yeah, decision and at the and time. you can. There's nothing. There's looking down again you look down the list of players available and again, the only the only point of contention when the squad came out for me was the, was the three left armers and the lack of a genuine kind of middle overs bowler um and the rest of it you kind of went yeah okay i don't, I don't have a, i don't have much of an issue with that 
And and again, I don't think there was there's not a single person I can remember listening to or, or hearing that thought that England would not make the semi-finals given the mm. squad that was picked, regardless of the fact that there may well have been, um, you know, one or two things that you could sort of flag up and say, well, perhaps they should have done this instead. They still hadn't had enough quality and experience to have played a hundred percent better than they have. Well, I think we all I think we all had concerns about the bowling attack. Yep. But I don't think anyone foresaw what would happen to this batting lineup, and Correct. it is it is just mad and mm. you know un, unexplainable really. Um, and now again, I think there's shock every time Harry Brooks not in the side, and, and I was fully expecting him to to play today. And then you look that. Liam Livingston bowls four overs. I understand they wanted plenty of spin options because the, the ball was going to turn on that surface. But I'd have thought that that Rashid mowing and a bit of root would have been plenty. Uh, isn't isn't that amusing? You know, the, 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 you mentioned Joe Root and his bowling there. People people are often sort of like you know when we have these arguments about who England's spinners should be in Test matches and whatever. So oh, well, you know, Joe Root can do it. People are more than happy for Joe Root to be sort of like a, a front line spin bowler in in. <laughs> Test matches, but he doesn't bowl it, you know. But this is the format where you think you get four or five, four or five hours out of Joe bowl, bowling some low arm slingy stuff on mm. on dirty turning tracks. That's that's more than adequate. That's yeah. absolutely fine. But yeah, it no one bats an eyelid yeah. when he doesn't bowl, um, or what, or at least isn't figured into a sort of like a you know a shared ten with with say whether it be Livingston or Moeen or whoever it might be. Mm. Um, that that's that's a kind of wild one for me. Mm. I, think, I think on Jacks, I think. Obviously now he he's had such a good year and year and a half, but I think since he's taken that leap forward, England just didn't really have that many opportunities to to, to bet him in. However good he is now, there was never really a, a, a proper chance to to, to um, for him to push his case forward. Well, he'll um, certainly have plenty of opportunities in the Caribbean tour that's coming up, mm. which you assume he'll and, have and to then, be on. But then why? And then why he can put he his gear contract? away until September. Yeah. yeah, I mean the fact that Liam Livingston, age thirty, has got a two-year deal, and Will Jacks, at twenty-four, uh, hasn't got a deal at all is is puzzling. I, I I would personally be surprised if Livingston's still playing international cricket in two years. But the fact he's got a contract probably makes it more likely that he will. <laughs> it's mm. it's 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 more than puzzling. It's utterly bizarre. Mm. Joe, great game for David Willey talking of central contracts. The only one of the World Cup squad not to have one uh, responded really well to that early row hit. Uh, takedown and actually you know of, he's always sort of the forgotten not, not, not forgotten man but uh, he doesn't exactly excite England fans I guess when his name's on a team sheet but in an England squad where the basics haven't been done very well this tournament he did the basics well today really good performance and you got a feel for him I, I don't still don't understand why the contracts were announced when they were but for everyone out there to get a deal and you to be the one bloke that hasn't, I mean, but she might have more insight, but to, but to, be, to effectively be singled out, it's almost kind of like bullying, really. I'm not saying you should be given a contract just to make him feel better, but why announce it at that point? Yeah. So it's impressive that he hasn't thrown his toys out of the pram or, or flounced around. He, he he's obviously thinks he's got a point to prove, but then it feels like David Woody's got a point to prove every time he plays a cricket game. And we, we had a conversation ourselves where we all kind of admitted we didn't hugely rate him. We all thought we all admired his qualities, but didn't think of him as a standout critter that we're excited to see. And it always feels like the England selectors kind of lean that way mm. as well, even though his his record stands up to scrutiny. And mm. uh, three big wickets today uh, did his job. A lot of others haven't. Yeah. Um, by the way, England remarkably are still not out. Oh, don't say so that. So yes, if honestly. they win all three remaining games and New Zealand lose all three of their remaining games and there's a significant historic perhaps net run rate swing in England's favour England could 
still qualify. No, they the can't, Yaz. They can't. Let it go. Uh, but actually, perhaps more personally, a uh, bit of news today. It was announced that the eight teams that will be at the 2025 <laughs> Champions Trophy will be determined by who finishes where in this World Cup. So it's the top seven teams as well as the host Pakistan qualify. So England are rock bottom at the moment. So they really do need at least a win, probably two wins to qualify for that. You know, earlier in the tournament, we were identifying that England-Pakistan game being a potential effective quarterfinal. Well, that England-Netherlands game could be an effective playoff. Champions, Ch- Champions Trophy playoff, playoff that no one saw coming. <laughs> this is, is bizarre. Seemingly, the ICC are saying this was revealed in 2021, I think. Mm. But no one seems to no one seems to know that was the case. Other than Shakib. Shaqib, so Shakib, I think, mentioned it as a, as a kind of incentive for Bangladesh to to you know they can't qualify, but to win a couple of games to ensure they're in the in the Champions Trophy. And I think everyone was like, "What?" Uh, and now <laughs> scrambling through. <laughs> yeah, when, when was this? Someone someone yeah deleted the email uh, <laughs> and is having to kind of retrieve it from their junk folder. And yeah, it seems that yeah. that was always the deal. And England might not make the Champions Trophy. I mean, it's uh, that's. Status-wise, it's that's huge, isn't it? I mean, again, you know, it, it it's it feels it feels a little bit as though nobody would mind too much. Do you know what I mean? I think in the in the in the in the grand scheme of things, in this country anyway, given that just the complete lack of interest really shown in 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 fifty over cricket from from the top, I'm not talking about the players. That, that it would seem like, well, you know, if we didn't have to go and do that, then it probably wouldn't be a bad thing. Mm. But I mean, that's it's terrible, kind of, isn't it? It has it? to mean something. But, it, but, it it, but I, I'm not saying I'm not saying that that's 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 what they're thinking. But that's how it feels, you know. Um, and so there is there is really that that is something to play for. I mean, that's a huge huge sort of status shock if you don't make that. It should as be. One, it as should a, be an embarrassed. They should be embarrassed if they don't. Absolutely, that, that should yeah. be en- enough of an incentive. And so, really, and so there's a reason to kind of get the, you know, because again, at, at times today it looked as though they kind of, you know, the bags were packed and they were already on the plane in that run chase, which let's face it required required just a little bit of getting your nut down, didn't it? Get bloody good team, great bowlers, fabulous spell between those two those two seam bowlers. It was only two hundred and thirty, mm. um, and and nobody really showed the sort of requisite. Um, uh, application to try and get the job done, however ugly um, it might have looked in getting there, but didn't even get close. Yeah, I, I find the Champions Trophy thing actually fascinating because as, we, as we've been talking about, it's not going to be these players that are going to be at the Champions Trophy if England qualify there in two years' time. So they're essentially qualifying for the sake of the next generation. We also talk about there not being that many meaningful ODIs. So the Champions Trophy, halfway through the World Cup cycle is actually really important. It was, it was really important, important to England under Morgan. That yeah. was a really important tournament that they looked like they were going to win here and then lost against, against Pakistan in the semi-final. On a, on a tired, warm pitch and they kind of went into their shells and that was a, absolutely a key moment for Morgan and said, this is when we thought we've got to double down in those situations and, and not go into our shell. So, Again, we could just be having the same conversation in, in whenever the next one is. What, yeah, 2027? Tw- yeah. Well, of course we weren't going to do well in that tournament because we didn't take the run-up seriously. And I, what, are we? <laughs> I, I tell you, it's interesting. I was I was thinking about Morgs and I was thinking about 2019 World Cup today. I was, I was driving around listening to the radio, and what 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 sort of became crystal clear in my mind was the idea that in the run-up to to the 20 to the home World Cup um, in 2019 would have been the idea that 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 
anything would have come between Owen Morgan and his team getting the right preparation leading up to it. Now, think back to, obviously, the Ashes finished end of July, right? Which was a disgrace. But it was done. And England played no, no cricket at all through the month of August. We know why. And then played sort of some half-assed September autumnal, um, you know, 50-over games against New Zealand as our sort of sole preparation throughout the English summer for an upcoming World Cup. And I was thinking if the, if, you know, if the World Cup had been, again, if it had been a home World Cup, a big sort of, you know, showpiece occasion um, at home, would England have had the, the sort of like the best months of the summer with p- pitches that might have been a little bit drier, good weather conditions? Would they have had that month of note with no 50 over cricket in terms of preparation in it at all? And the answer is resoundingly no. That, that would have been baked in for some, for some proper cricket. Um, and all of this is, you know, wildly in hindsight and nothing is going to change the performance at the moment. But just there just was no, you didn't have that same sense that all of the, 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 the I's were dotted and the T's were crossed in the run up to it. it was a, there was a lot of hoping it would be all right on the night. And depending upon, you know, the values of the fabulous players that we've got out there at the moment, whose records prior to this sort of have spoken for themselves, the great experience that they have and hoping that it would all be all right on the night. Mm. And, the, you know, and it's and the whole thing has been based on hope, you know, and our, and our expectation, actually, our expectation and probably theirs, that it would actually, it would be all right on the night. It turned out to be all right on the night in the World T20, if you remember. Mm. You know, things looked a little bit like all over the place, didn't seem to know what was going on. Joss didn't play a single um, match out of seven in Pakistan in the run up to the thing, whatever it was. You know, it all just seemed a little bit, oh, last minute, oh, how, we won. Mm. Um, the same kind of, the same, the same approach um, whether by hook or by crook, it happened on the way up into this one, and it, it has not been all right on the mm. night. Yeah, I mean, just, they had one series in Asia in the two years leading up to the World Cup, and that's when they basically took a B team to Bangladesh. Um, so yeah, there was an interesting tweet that did the rounds today from at um, Cricket Jim One, who posted uh, the eleven that played the first game of the New Zealand series in 2015. Uh, with the age of each player. And I just sort of forgot how young they were. Roy, 24, Hales, 26, Root, 24, Morgan, 28, Stokes, 24, Butler, 24, Billings, 27, Rashid, 27, Jordan, 26, Plunkett, 30, Finn, 26. So it feels, it, it could be that the ODI side has a very similar age profile um, when the next time they, they they play home ODI, I think which is in September next year. Um, just finally, Joe, what do you think English should do for the remaining games in terms of player selection? Um, I still think they need to pick the team that they think will win matches. I don't think they can just start picking players for the sake of it to just to give, them, give them a run out. <laughs> they haven't got the scope to do that. There's only four guys. <laughs> I mean, I think Brooke has to play, Brooke, right? Brooke has I mean, to there's play. Every, there's, every, there's every reason to say to, to Ben Stokes, right, go and get whatever you need done. Prepare for the India, the India Test Match Series. We don't want to see you between now, you know, until you're ready and, and fit and mm. ready to lead the team in that. There's no, there's no value in him being in the side. For well, the, for well the you could also, games. you could potentially argue the same with Mark Wood, who will be vital what? in that India Test you, Series. Atkinson could and, and you perform could, a similar role. And, and you could make experience. that, you can, you could absolutely make that argument based on, based on his numbers. You know, he's yeah. barely, barely taking a wicket and he's going at, going at eights. So, I mean, you're not losing anything by him not playing. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, and I, I would have no issue with that whatsoever. Obviously, fitness um, allowing because you with only four four substitutes from the 11 play today mm. somebody gets a niggle you, you're struggling a little bit anyway but that's you know I think that that's just common sense isn't it you, you I, those both of those two blokes will be um, very very 
important for England um, in that Test match series and, and will not play, as far as I'm concerned, I, I cannot see how either of those two play another one-day international for England after this World Cup. And that goes for... 90% of the rest of the 11 playing today. So, I mean, from that score, it doesn't matter. The, the thing that does matter, of course, is trying to, to win those games in order to, to try and qualify for the Champions Trophy. So you've got to put mm. the best side you can out there on the park, but leave out players that, you, that, yeah. that are kind of not neither here nor there in terms of performance and are more important to you in another in another theatre. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you could argue that Atkinson was a little bit unlucky to be dropped. Obviously, everyone went for mountains and runs against South Africa, but he went for a, a bit a bit less than mm. most bowlers. Uh, slapped it around the bat and had some fun. And, and I, they really, really need some freshness in, in that side at the moment, more than anything else. And mm. and a combination of him and Brooke, would, I think, would would bring that. Mm. Um, just listening to Butch there, just talking about England really need to get their act together to qualify for the Champions Trophy. Just imagine, I never thought we'd saying that line. <laughs> thinking that would be the the narrative with three days most, most important part of the tournament. Now, well, I mean, it, you have to. I suppose. I mean, the other side of it is to try and give give people a sort of like a focus for the for the final three games, isn't it? Because yeah. because otherwise it's 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 pretty grim. I mean, it's grim yeah. anyway. But have we discussed on any of the podcasts yet? And this isn't for now. But has there been a worse defense of a title, word title in sport? Uh, that sounds like a great discussion for the week. Yeah, uh, but let any listeners tell us what, what's been a worse world title defence than, than England's. It's, it's hard, hard to be worse. Um, anyway, that's that's it for today. Tomorrow we've got Afghanistan, Sri Lanka, which is a genuine, genuinely really important game. So both sides have got two wins after five games. So one of them will have three after six, which will take them within one win of Australia and New Zealand, who currently occupy positions three and four in the points table. So should be a really good game. Um, join us for that at around about the same time tomorrow. Cheers, Mark. Cheers, Joe. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wisdom uh, Cricket World Cup Daily Podcast, powered by Scene. Once again, Scene are our video partners on wisdom.com, helping us to deliver a more engaging and immersive viewing experience across mobile, tablet, and desktop. Head to the link in the description to find out more about them. Podcast Network.